Welcome to the Elephant on the Couch, where we're finally addressing what makes us uncomfortable. This is a judgment-free space designed to finally help the elephant in the room get on the couch and start the conversation. So join us. Let's get that elephant on the couch and let's get uncomfortable. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elephant on the Couch. I'm your host, Tanya. And I am your co-host, Dulce. Welcome back. Are we finally... On the first trimester. We're done. Finalizing the first trimester. We're we're finalizing the first trimester, yes. I am very proud. This is an actual commitment now. (laughs) Yay! Congratulations. Cheers. Cheers! With that sounded so ratchet because your fucking glass is plastic. Oh, much better. No. There you go. There we go. <laughs> so we are cheering to a successful, successful first, first trimester. trimester. Yes. I think it was a roller coaster, don't you think? We definitely oh, had bit. our. That is true. That we... is a very honest uh, approach to it. I think we did have our learning growth pain growth what what are they growing pains growing pains for sure figuring out so much processing in this first trimester like and and learning how to podcast and i mean that's the basics right can can i just notate that like tanya right now is a pro at editing (laughs) like this girl went from oh let me figure this out to girl yeah you guys have no idea the behind the scenes (laughs) my struggles of Things that don't record, things that I have to cut out because my friend over here tends to be <laughs> very passive in my very, role. Very opinionated and rated R and everything else. So there's a lot of editing behind the scenes that you guys don't see. Oh, or maybe once in a while I also <laughs> choke on wine. And oh my God, you did choke on the last yeah. episode. That's yeah. true. But they didn't know that. Yeah, you guys <laughs> don't know that. Right but it, it's been, I'm happy with the first trimester. <laughs> I think we've both grown. I think it was just putting it out there, like we said at the very first episode of just jumping right in and no matter how it goes, we'll figure it out. But I mean, the sound quality from the first episode to now (laughs) has increasingly changed. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. We're getting better. And so we're reminiscing on our beginning stages in this podcasting world because we decided that we are going to do end of season episode today yeah we wanted to do seasons since the beginning like this is not something random Mm -hmm. uh we had planned on doing seasons and i think we got to our our okay we're done we need to take a little break right season Mm -hmm. uh so i think it's very likely that you're gonna hear maybe 12 episodes per season Again, it might change because that's life and we really want to be real about what we put out there in the universe. And so we don't want to be like, this is what we're doing no matter what. Like maybe next season we're like tapped out by nine episodes and you guys get a short season. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is, you know. But Um, that's that's serious too. Netflix, Hulu, whatever you watch. Some seasons have 10 episodes. Some have 14. Right. So it just depends on how we're doing. Yeah. How life is looking like at that given time. Yeah. And we're taking a break for about a month. I mean, that's the plan. Yeah. We're not, you're probably, again, very 
up in the air. You're mm-hmm. probably not going to hear from us for about a month, but we are going to have a bonus episode dropping. Right. We're, we're so. working on a little something, something here. Ooh. We're brainstorming. We're very ideas. excited about it. I'm actually really excited. I am now. too. Now that I put it out, like it's out in the universe. In the universe? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting I'm excited. excited. And we're teasing you guys, of course, so that you can come back. Duh. And listen. <laughs> All and listen. six listeners of you need to increase yes. to 12. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, but thank you. That's a great segue to thank our listeners, our, our ride and die people that they've been supporting us, whether it's through a shout out on Instagram, a review on iTunes. You guys know who you are. We truly appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. We thank you. I think um, adding to what you're saying right now is that our intent has never been to be like famous right no God, no. We, <laughs> that would be very uncomfortable yeah but like we started off this and our intent i think when we initially talked about it our intent was to like provide information to the world a space not not necessarily even information because we said it at the beginning we don't have all the answers but it's at least a space to start this conversation, to bring awareness to a lot of things right. that maybe we tiptoe around right and so in that intent, we haven't really, like, gone hard, go home and, like, marketing or right. doing all this crazy stuff. Like, I'm investing X amount of money to make sure my podcast gets 5,000 listeners. You know what I mean? We could uh, pay people. Right. Uh, but I think, like, the intent behind our podcast is very, and we've said this, re- like, repeatedly every time we meet, is to have a sense of helping people. Like, we're really coming into the podcast with a purpose of helping others. And so, we want to be very grateful for you having the grace and the patience of listening to us talk about these very difficult topics. Yeah. And and really, like, meter la pata, right? Which in... In Mexican culture, meter la pata means like screwing up. Yeah. And like being able to to screw up and have you guys continue to listen to us regardless of that. And so I I just wanted to verbalize that, like say thank you guys for listening and staying loyal to us. Yes. In the ups and downs of our recordings and and really learning the ins and outs. And I don't even think we're halfway there. God, no. No, we we don't know it all when it comes to podcasting and again, this uncomfortable conversations. But I think, I feel, I'm going to speak for myself here, that it was a good season. Absolutely. I, f- I feel like we learned a lot. We got really uncomfortable in some of our episodes, which is the punchline of our podcast. Yeah. Let's get uncomfortable. So we really embraced that. And the processing prior to recording and after, guys, has yes. been intense. Like, I usually spend four to five hours with this person over here, <laughs> where our friendship yes. is usually like... Four to five hours once every three months. Not <laughs> like, even. Like, not even. Twice that was like a, a year, year yeah. when we didn't even get to spend yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. So I, right now when she was like, we're ending, you know, we're ending the season. I was like, you don't want to see me anymore. <laughs> what is this? I will miss you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is a goodbye. You can't break up with me. <laughs> but like, we're taking a break. You, yeah. This is, you're too much right now. <laughs> but really, I don't know. I... I've definitely grown a lot closer to you. Uh, we were very, very close when we first initially had our friendship. Right, that's why I thought And of then you. life kind of like, 
got us apart, but we can we continue to be. I think we continued to be close because even right. that once a year meeting that we had, we would like share everything that happened in that year, and mm-hmm. it was like no time passed in between. That's how you know it's a true meaningful friendship, friendship yeah. right? It's not. It's it goes beyond the superficial hangout every weekend and go clubbing and have fun. I can't go eight months without seeing you, and then we see each other, and it's like no time, like nothing happened. Like we pick up right where we left off, and we're comfortable, and we can talk, and we still at that same trust level that you open up and I open up, and it's like, and we cry together. So that's how you know it's a. And when tough shits happen, we've always been with each other. Like we've physically mm -hmm. been with each other. Literally. We're gonna cry right now. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, guys. Just kidding. But. Anyways. And so, thank you to all of you listening. God knows that our episodes are have been long and <laughs> right. and a lot of time investment. So, that means a whole lot more if we spend four hours recording here and I spend hours editing. You guys taking that hour or two out of your day to listen to us means a lot. So, yes. thank you. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. So, we wanted to end this season on a positive note and in a more lighthearted note um so we want to talk about happiness which you already probably know by the title of today's episode anyways but we're talking about happiness what title well when when we drop the the episode typically comes with the title i am gonna add a title this is what we agreed to but if the word happiness is in there wouldn't you think that they assume that this is going (laughs) to be about happiness I don't know, Dulce, you tell me. (laughs) This is why we need a break, people. (laughs) This is why she's getting on my nerves lately. (laughs) But yeah, no, we are are talking about happiness. I don't know, we might get a little creative on the title. Remember we mentioned it on an episode? That That is true, that is true. You don't know, our title doesn't necessarily match everything that we talk Mm -hmm. about, but... We might call it the happy juice. A... So the wine that we're drinking right now. So today we're talking happiness. What is it? What does it mean? What's this idea? Is it attainable? Is it a realistic thing? How to get there? We have the pill. We have the secret. Before we go on that, let's check in. How are you doing? I'm doing way better. I know last week I checked in and was talking about the downs of the roller coaster of life but i think this week we're slowly heading back up um we had some progress just in general overall life um so i'm 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 in a good space of course the world is still the world but i'm being intentional about looking at the half of the cup that's full and not the empty one so i think i'm at a good space i've been I went for a run yesterday, more like a walk instead of a run. But I got out of the house because I was, again, mindful and intentional about, like, no, I got to leave because gym has been closed and I've, I haven't been able because of health issues. So I just been very, like, nothing, <laughs> no physical activity. And like you were saying, I think it came from that, too. You sharing that last episode. I think I was like, all right, I need to go. And I got my music and I was listening to salsa. Hey. <laughs> La Vaca and all those songs. La Vaca. Moo. La Vaca. <laughs> that's not salsa. That's cumbia. No, that's salsa. Mm. La Vaca. Moo. La Vaca. <laughs> well, la Vaca. That's cumbia. Salsa is like Mark Anthony like... 
Oh my god, don't even bring Mark Anthony up. Like, we have tickets to go see Mark Anthony, and COVID oh. keeps like extending that. I'm sorry about that. One of these days. Like, India? That's all salsa. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But. La vaca over here. <laughs> you and your cumbia self. Such a way is the. But <laughs> it's been better. Long story short, I'm being intentional about my self care, feeling better. Yeah. How are you doing? Ah, oh, Lord. I had my uh, first. My intake appointment Give on us Saturday. An on that. Give us an update. You it, went, it went very well in the sense that I was able... I I think I said that in the last episode. I went to therapy. I'm excited about going to therapy this time because I'm not on red. I'm mm-hmm. going to therapy like in a very neutral space. And I'm like, all right, this is what I want to work on long term. Rather than like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I'm dying. Help me. Red meaning during a crisis. Right. Like right. red, like... Help, mm-hmm. depression, anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going in. I think I'm pretty, like, in a neutral space. So I'm coming into therapy and saying, like, these are some things that I want to work on. And I don't really have, the an- like, the answers. Which usually I'm very narcissistic and soberbia. I don't know how to say soberbia in English. Um, arrogant. Arrogant. And I just assume I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I really can't right now. <laughs> so... Uh, it was good. I being able to kind of like come up with these like random long term goals really opened up the conversation, and I and I really verbalized to the therapist that I wanted to keep her forever. Like you're gonna stay in my life for years, lady. You're not going anywhere. You're not going. Na- <laughs> I will find you. Do, do, do. <laughs> like the like scary. So movie. I'm in a happy. I'm in a really good mood in the sense of. I'm being very intentional about the things that I want to get done. I went running yesterday. It was a pain in the butt. Um, I'm a little sore, but but all of these things are very conscious and intentional. So I think I'm in a I'm in a positive neutral space right now. I like that. So what is happiness? It is a very <laughs> weird question. What is happiness? I think for me, I don't know that there is a specific definition. And this time I didn't do my research into Google to see what the definition is of happiness. And I think it changed as we grow and evolve and mature. I think, I think happiness is a social construct. Mm-hmm. Right. I think happiness is just like, especially if you grew up in America, like, or in some sort of like the Western culture, you have Disney as like the number one prominent the happiness. The happiest place, place in the world. The yeah. happiest place on earth, right? Isn't that their logo? And so, and and so you have this idea of like, oh, getting married happily ever after the end. Like, it's just this social construct of like, you get to this set of expectations and then magically you're just happy. Mm -hmm. Duh. Yeah. And I wonder if that that Disney tagline of the happiest place on earth, because it brings you back to childhood with which we assume that that's when we're our happiest because you're a kid, you don't have any worries, you don't have any stress, assuming that you're in a healthy environment and healthy family, right? Because we know that there are kids that don't have that luxury of being in happy families. So I wonder if Disney's coming from that perspective of bringing you... I don't think that's a luxury. I think that's a need. But okay. That's a very basic, right? But, right. Um, but if Disney's coming at it from that perspective of like... You're the happiest when you're a kid, and here you can be a kid again when you're a Disneyland. You go in video games to eat cotton candy and hang out with Mickey and Minnie. To me, that's overwhelming and stressful. I've been to Disney once. Not a fan. 
eh, <laughs> don't care for it. So call me Grinch if you want to. But um, I don't know. I think happiness is also fulfillment, joy, connection even, right? Having a support system. Yeah, having... I think I personally, I think happiness has to be a choice. Mm-hmm. The same way that I said last time, love is a choice. I think happiness is a choice as well. 100%. Like you have to be intentional about your happiness. But there is some brain wiring right. along happiness. Can we talk a little bit more about that? I mean, if we really want to get <laughs> scientific and to the nitty gritty and biology and chemistry of the brain, what is happiness in the brain and where does it come from? What are those hormones? So there are four. Um, our brain and I'm just going to get nerdy for like 10 seconds. Our brain develops through specific chemical balances that goes on. So when you're angry, there's a specific chemical that helps you be angry. When you're sad, there's a specific chemical that helps you be sad. Like there are literal chemicals in your brain that help you have these reactions. And so your neurons, which are like little webs inside your brain, makes these connections and connect like, oh, sadness makes me cry. And these neurons start developing when you're like a baby. So in order to have the brain regulate or calm or get to that level of like zen, uh, you have to have four epic, and I'm going to call them epic, um, chemicals in your brain flowing. Yeah. Which they're usually like named as dose, like a dose, which like a dose of medicine. Yeah, which sounds like super freaking substance abuse non correlated. But I think it sounds super (laughs) fitting for when we're talking about happiness. You need a dose. Your happiness. Yes. Yeah. Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Mm-hmm. And all of these actually get released when you eat a really hearty, nice meal. Greasy fries. <laughs> Is that your happy, nice meal? Mine are enchiladas. Yes. Mine Give me enchiladas. the potatoes Fruit. in any form. Potatoes. You have me at potatoes. And so, um, as you, so one of, one of the things is food. The other one is sex, actually. Let's talk about sex, baby. Um, that's also, um, like playing outside, running, working out, any kind of physical Physical activity activity. will definitely get your endorphins really high up there. Mm -hmm. Um, enjoying something like enjoying anything. It could be makeup. Anything artistic really helps your dopamine levels go up and your oxytocin. Yeah. So you know, if you look at women and you're like, oh, why? Or men. I mean, it's pretty much open. But if you know of anybody that like takes hours on end to do their makeup, there's really a piece of like dopamine and serotonin going on. That's being released. That's being released. released. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so these type of activities really help you kind of create that. Um, when you start engaging in drugs or alcohol, um, I consider alcohol a drug. So when I say drugs, I include alcohol in the it mix. Is. Um <laughs> You actually close off a lot of that neuron pathways that are going on. And a lot of that dopamine just gets like released all at once. Like mm-hmm. the un chingazo. All that. Mm-hmm. You just get like a big chunk of dopamine. Like, oh, I'm I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm happy. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of the neurons that are receiving that dopamine close off. So it builds up and then all of a sudden they open up and psh, there's an open explosion. Gates, yeah. Right. And that's why people sometimes continue to seek that. That high 
and that whatever feeling that being drunk brings, it's because it's like a big old subs like like a, a once. And that's a good feeling. And people like that. Right. And actually crying, um, as crazy as this might sound, the release after crying, it like gives a little dopamine afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, you just heard it for a long time. Let me give you some dopamine. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned that when we talked about motherhood and how that hug, like it's like, <sighs> you feel yeah. better. That's that. Being Guys, released. emotional connection is your literally... The best way of getting a dose at once. It's the one thing mm-hmm. out of everything. Sex, food, painting, coloring, whatever that might look like. Uh, physical action or physical interaction, whatever you want to call it. Um, physical activity. Thank you. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Um, the, the emotional connection to another human being. That one is the one that is scientifically proven to release all four of them. Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Hugs, mm-hmm. cuddles. And that's why social connection is so important. Right. Right. Yeah. Isolation kind of like gets you in this like circle Does of like craziness. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it can even be with an animal, guys. Like it doesn't have to be like human. You can literally hug your dog and sniff yeah. it mm-hmm. and kiss it. Yeah. It'll release that dose in your brain. Mm-hmm. So happiness is actually a chemical reaction that happens in your brain. You're not supposed to have happiness at all times. You're not supposed to have dose 24-7. If right. you do, you're probably going to be manic. And we really need to talk about getting you into the doctor soon. And something is not working properly right. there. Yeah. So I think for as, me, as much as we want to be happy all the time, it's not realistic. It's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. If your brain was to be releasing dose on a regular basis you're probably gonna damage your brain pretty hard really quickly Mm -hmm. because then you're burning a lot of calories and you're also like getting your brain to produce a chemical that it's not regularly used to produce so personally for me happiness means being subtle being in the middle i'm not releasing a lot of dose i'm not releasing a lot of like stress i'm like right in the middle i'm just like Mm. I'm purposely doing that moment of silence because that for me that's happiness like getting Mm. my brain to just subtle idleness Mm. Uh, if I'm able to get to that space I like feel this relief like oh I'm relaxed Mm. when I have a lot of dose going on I feel like I'm burning a lot of calories and I'm like "Ah, ah, ah, ah." it's too overwhelming and I can get yeah yeah, it's very overwhelming so for me personally um being in an idle space is a very good way of measuring my happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why there's levels too, right? Sometimes when I talk to clients, they talk about content, happy, excited, right? Because that's that ex- that more extreme like happiness. Like, ah, the giggly, like very out there versus I'm just content. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm in that zone. It's not like, haha, I'm laughing, but I'm in a good space emotionally, mentally. So why is happiness important? I think it's a driving force. Yeah. I agree. I think it's a driving force. I think when you're happy, you're able to do so much more. You're able to reach your potential. Right. I think I agree with that. Being happy, you... I mean, there is literal research and data out there in the world about 
happy people being able to perform better, whether that's at work. That's why a lot of like jobs and companies do like this team building and give you gift cards and try to like keep you happy. I'm using air quotes because they know that happy employees perform better, more production, right? So, and that's the thing. We were talking last week about the upstairs and the downstairs of the brain. If you're happy, you're going to be regulated, which means that you can access your prefrontal cortex and you can think and you can make... You can be stressed. You can actually tolerate stress when you're right. on your upper exactly. brain a lot more than you can tolerate stress when you're right. on Right, because brain. you're not responding with your emotional brain. You're thinking, shit, I'm really stressed out right now. What are my options? What am I going to do? How can I self-regulate? How can I manage this? What am I going to do with my workload? happy people it's just a given that we are gonna perform better and whether it's at school in your relationships the quality of your relationships too if i'm happy and i come home to a grumpy partner i'm happy i'm gonna be able to handle that versus if i come home in a very unhealthy mindset too and my significant other is also on a shitty day it's a time bomb just waiting and that's what's really funny about the whole happiness idea that like attachment like relationships really hinder or make happiness easier. Mm-hmm. And so right now you're talking about the companies doing gift cards and all this shit. Like, yeah. okay guys, gift cards are great, but that's just the band-aid. If you have great relationships yeah. at work, mm-hmm. girl, you are good to go. Like, every time that I think of work, I think of us when we first initially started our careers mm-hmm. as social yeah. workers. Um, our team was so close. I will never forget a day that I was really overwhelmed, really tired, just about to quit. And I remember my supervisor telling me, she said, Tanya, what's going Like, we finished our little clinical meeting and I was about to leave. And she's like, hey, like, are you okay? What's going on? And I was like, oh, it's just blah, blah, blah. And then she literally told me, turn off your phone and go home. Like, to me, that's like, I care about you as an individual. Any other supervisor or employer would be like, oh, that sucks. Are you going to meet your hours still this week? Like, are you still, well, bummer. Go on your first session. They wouldn't care, right? But that connection, and she was like, turn off your phone, go home. And I was like, are you sure? And she's like, I'm telling you as your supervisor, (laughs) go home, turn off your phone. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's real, true connection and caring besides that superficial, here's a gift card to Starbucks. I know. Oh, you're overwhelmed? Here's $5. Yeah. Go get yourself a happy meal at McDonald's. Very healthy. Thanks a lot. Let me get some cortisol in their brain. (laughs) But yeah, I think like that relationship piece is so key to hindering Mm -hmm. that happiness. And like the example that you just gave right now, if you come home in a very like happy space, like at work, you had like supportive coworkers and a supportive supervisor and you came home and you're like, man, I really fulfilled my purpose today. And you're, and you're, <laughs> and then, wah, 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 wah. the moment you walk in the door, bye dopamine, I see you, let's get some cortisol, see you, dose out the door. <laughs> I think it's important to realize that because sometimes we talk about toxic relationships, we talk about toxic people. That's what we mean by toxic. You're unable to get your dose because these people are hindering the ability to do that. Like, right. Which, I, I mean, that's human, right? They're entitled to having a bad day. If you walk with your dose very high and your significant other had a shitty day, then that's that dance that we've been talking about in relationships too and the perfect match. 
But if it's constant, negative, Nancy over here, it's really hard. Right. That's the importance that you're talking about in Mm -hmm. relationships and happiness. I think it also shifts like the quality of life you have. If you're not regularly getting your dose, it's really hard for you to have a good quality of life. And a lot of times when we talk about quality of life, people think money, which is a great safe way to your next, to our next point. Right. Um, we thought we think about money or production at work or how much are you able to lift this week mm-hmm. or whatever that might be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like quality of life doesn't really have a, a set in stone meaning or it's very price tag or a right number level a number. Right. Yeah. Which is. Kind of how the Western culture has adopted this idea of happiness tends to, and again, this is generalizing the Western culture, but it's a very self-centered culture, society, and we've talked about this. Individualistic, for sure. Because we talked about this in our racism episode, too, how we're so fast-paced and we don't really pay attention to the small things in life, what, quote-unquote, what matters in life, because we're... Chasing that bread, chasing those coins. However, the hustle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole... I think we have it in our one of our yeah. subjects. But that hustle culture, I am so against it. I get it. You're motivated. But we keep burning out people over here. And right. we're focusing... Our shift is right. way out of Right, like success context. equals happiness, I think. Right. That's to what, a lot of the Western culture. Or like holding this reputation of who you are and what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. It's like a different level of pride. We're like in community-based, if you hold that space, and we're going to talk a little bit about community-based thinking, but in community-based, if you hold that space, like I'm, I'm the Encinas, right? Like that's my last name. And the Encinas hold this space for like being kind. And I know, I was like, why is she making that face? Um, then I'm fulfilling my purpose. And then there's like a sense of pride and that I bring some sort of like addition to the world or to mm-hmm. my purpose. Right. Where in Western culture, it's not so much the Encinas bringing pride. It's about like you, Dulce Encinas, bring pride to my company and you're a key asset. The asset mm-hmm. mentality, right? Yeah. And and then the pride doesn't really like hold value as in like a piece to the world or to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's more... I bring value because I can bring X amount of number to this account right. or to this expectation. Mm-hmm. Like that movie, what's that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. right? He was successful, he was killing it, making money, but he was a mess, <laughs> And that's And when we're talking about Western, and the next one is Eastern culture, Eastern is more like the Asia's Asia, and the India. India's. Africa. I want to say Africa for right. sure. Western is your Americas, Europe. your Europe's. In America, we're talking the America that was the United States uh, after the Europeans came yeah, over. Yeah, and took over. Yeah, yes, that's what colonization. We called, there you go. I was like, where? What's the word? <laughs> colonization. The rose the is getting to why me. I don't like to call. Yes, but that's the that's Latinos how Hispanic. the world. The, those two cultures. The Eastern culture versus the Western, the Western being us here in the United States and Mexico. Based and that, off and, of that European right, mm-hmm. ideologies, right? So we're talking about those two differences too. Because the, the, what you're talking about, the Encinas as a community, 
as a group, it's more aligned with the Eastern culture. And native roots. And Yes. So mm-hmm. before we got colonized, there was already a culture in place. Right. And there, there are already civilizations that were going on in place and they right. had their own way of dealing with things. And in that culture, um, commu- like being communal, communism, and I, I don't like using communism because people think like it's a very Fidel Castro craziness. Yes. That's not what mm-hmm. I mean. I mean like having this identity or this community relying on each other. And that is not a Western way of thinking. Nope. That is a very Latino back in the day before colonization way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a tribe, you take pride of that tribe, you take care of each other, your grandma, your grandpa, the parents, the cousins, the tios all live within all the live same... All together. <laughs> yeah, like in the same realm, mm-hmm. maybe even in the same household. Right. Because back in the day, the households were structured for everybody to kind of have a space. Mm-hmm. Like little villages with little like... Yeah, like within the same, Mm -hmm. like now they're barrios, right? Like neighborhoods. Yeah. But maybe 3,000 years ago, they were like within the same pyramid area. (laughs) Um, And and everybody takes pride of their place in that community. Like you have the farmer, you have the clothing person, you have the shoe person, the the doctor. And so all of these people have different pieces to that culture or to that community that fill this big puzzle. Right. And they all complement each other. It's a very communal community oriented mentality where they all help each other. The doctor does something for the panadero and the panadero gives her the free bread, but you help me get better and you heal me. And it's just that teamwork mentality, which is also an Eastern way of thinking. Right. But there's that, that, that like piece that we really need to be aware of as Latinos. Right. Like, that community piece is huge for our happiness. It's it's in our roots too, in, in our beginnings of where we come from and our ancestors. That was the way of life. We come Africa from Africa is part of a piece of that. Like right. Africa has tribes. The tribes. Uh, so you when you talk about like being African American and really thinking about those roots. Success doesn't measure your happiness. Community does. Community, yes. My tribe, my people, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my, the people that I can rely on. Right. This, the, the, my, my culture, my singing, my cooking, Mm -hmm. my flavors, my clothing, that folklore piece. Right. It's really important that when we talk about happiness, we also think about culture and what happiness entails within that realm. Um, there's also a lot of like respect and spiritual connection to the earth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. If you think about, oh, where me duele el estómago, my stomach hurts. What do you do? You drink a tea of manzanilla and yerbabuena mm-hmm. because plants yeah. help us heal. I'm stressed out. I am going through a lot of emotions. Tómate un té de tila, tila, un té de para dormir. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sí, it's very sabes. like from the earth. The mm-hmm. earth. And we you come from it. Those plants. Yeah. Like, those plants are not plants that you buy at the store. Those plants are plants that you have in the backyard. It's part of that healing, part of our spiritual connection. And there's also this idea of this upper power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we are one. 
like our being comes from that we come from nothing from the earth so we continue to nourish our bodies through that and the higher power and when we die we end up going right back to the earth to be in nothing and like you were saying i think this is very aligned to the eastern culture more so because it's very spiritual very a lot of rituals when it when we think like india asia they i mean a lot of like the eastern medicine comes from that like they give you roots and teas and stuff to heal you and it's very ritualistic very spiritual very higher power i mean buddhism they believe in like reincarnation you're born again and eventually after a couple cycles of that once you figure it out and you're a good human being the ultimate goal being nirvana that enlightenment and it's that ultimate like oh you're this like being that is like the epiphany of what it means to be a good decent human person that's when you finally go to nirvana right because it's like oh you don't have to reburn again to try it again (laughs) to give it another shot right and that's that's how they well achieve this happiness that we're talking and about. And for us Mexicans, is Dia de los Muertos. Yes. Uh-huh. When you get to die, you don't really die. Like, your your spirit is still within your loved ones. Going yeah. back to that communal, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. family base. And that's thinking. why we have Dia de los Muertos, so that they can come and visit again that day they come and hang and out. And what do we use to help them? Flowers. Light. Or with the candle. The candle, mm-hmm. right. True. So it's very spiritual, very... So when we talk about happiness... We really want to sit back and think about what does happiness mean within your own culture. Right. Right. And what does it mean to get to that space? And I and I even think that Western thinking has kind of like shifted a little bit. Like yoga mm-hmm. is a thing that but mindfulness, like- <laughs> right? It comes from Eastern culture. Eastern culture yeah. But they're 100%, incorporating it. But yeah. they're incorporating it because they're coming to a realization like, oh, success is not really happiness. Right. I really need to be mindful and intentional about what well, I'm doing. And yeah. so you start adding these pieces to the puzzle. I remember reading about yoga a lot when it comes to trauma and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god that is an adaptation of indian and asian culture yeah mm-hmm. like that is 100 adapting their belief system into a western culture now they're realizing well shit we, we had it wrong <laughs> right right like uh, what's working is not mean, really working for europe, you europe right? if you go there the the pace of lifestyle compared to america it's very different mm-hmm. It's very relaxed. They have siesta in Spain, which is nap time in the middle of a work day. People go home and sleep and take a nap and then they come back to work. Imagine if we had that in America, how much more happier and productive people we would be. Our kids, our teachers. 36 hours. Yes. And just like walking, it feels so much different. America has really manufactured happiness. Yes, because it, it became very you about... You get it in Starbucks. Power. You get it in Disney. You get it in binge-watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. You get it in porn. Yeah. You get it in... Like, happiness is just the spill that I can sell to you, and you're just going to love it. Mm-hmm. Well, when COVID happened, there was a spike... I mean, granted, people are bored at home, but there was a spike in porn. Like, because you took away all of this other... Pe- things that people were doing all of this other outlets to fulfill that perceived happiness and and again those relationships and communication and support system and community now you're stuck at home with you just you and your thoughts and your hand right you doing hand so Pornhub it is 
right? So it's it's it, America has because there's a really good like there is a really good way of being isolated in America. You mm-hmm. can rent your own little studio apartment. You don't necessarily need roommates unless you really 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 need them, right? But right, like if but... you if you get a pretty decent education and you have a pretty good amount of money coming in, you can probably mm-hmm. get a dorm without roommates. Right. And you're pretty happy mm-hmm. in that sense, right? Like you can figure out what to do with your time, go hiking on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, very self-centered. Very uh-huh. self-centered. When, uh-huh. Again, we're talking Eastern. It's very kindness, compassion, community, higher power, radical acceptance even. And even the Eastern culture also embraces the fact that suffering is part of life. They don't avoid it like we do here. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to feel pain. Like we don't want to be not happy. And the Eastern culture embraces that just like I said, whatever episode though, that little when you're in the hospital, then the ups and downs, that's part of it. And once that's right there, once you accept that that's part of life, things get so much better. Your your perspective shifts, Mm -hmm. your goggles change. Once you embrace that as part of being alive and being happy and being human, that opens a whole realm of doors to being happy and feeling fulfilled right right but that it's that specific eastern culture asia india that embrace like hey native suffering we're gonna roll with yep the natives we're gonna roll with it it's part of life right and we we avoid it we don't like yeah i feel yucky for i think for native for for native roots uh, that yucky feeling is embraced like mourning is definitely Mm -hmm. a thing that we are okay with and we don't want to grieve in we America. Yeah. In, in, in the United States. States. we is like, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. So how um, how can we get to a happy space? Or what are some things that we need to kind of look at as we think of happiness? What are mm-hmm. some things that we can be intentional about to get to your happy? To get to that place as close as possible to whatever happy means for you. Well, there is a, there is a thing out there. I don't know what it is like. An approach to happiness, which uses the the pillars of happiness. There's what, how many? Five of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right. The first one being confidence and self love. In order to be happy, one of the pillars that you need to have for this to work, you have to be able to love yourself. It starts there. If you don't love yourself, you're never gonna be happy. And I don't mean confidence in an arrogant way, and but in like. Again, embracing your flaws, embracing the suffering, embracing the pain and and accepting it as part of you and part of being human and loving that, loving all those pieces and all those players as shitty as it might have been. They got you through something. So you embrace them and you hug them and you acknowledge them and you accept Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. There's meaning and purpose. That's the next one. Which is like just understanding that you your life has a purpose. There's something that you're here to fulfill. It might mean being a singer. Or it might mean being a therapist and helping other heels. Having a podcast. How <laughs> <laughs> you doing? <laughs> <laughs> or just a meaning. Like what is the meaning of life, right? It can really make people crazy to ask that question. Right. But what is, what is the meaning of your life? What does it mean to be happy, Tanya? Now what society is telling you that it means. So the next pillar is positivity and optimism. Again, seeing the cup half full. Seeing the cup half full, like I've been, like I said at the beginning, and what I just said, that 
I'm embracing the idea that we're human and life comes with unfortunate circumstances and things that might happen that feel yucky and you don't want to, but you embrace them. That optimism and choosing, being intentional about the silver linings and the positivity and the underlying. That there might be a reason for it. Like, I don't know what, what's, what the reason for this or the purpose of this is right now. But I'm sure I'm going to learn something after it, right? Eventually. Eventually. There's physical and mental health, which Mm -hmm. that one is like its own little monsters. Which is how you started this. Right. (laughs) Like, I I need to start running every... I have to be mindful and purposeful about running Mm -hmm. three or four times a week. I hate running. I despise running. But it helps me, so I'm doing it. Yeah, you understand what comes with it and i'm doing therapy right now Mm -hmm. so there you go yeah and then the last one is freedom and independence and we don't mean independence in an isolating way but that freedom that you are no longer being what's the a puppet of society and people telling you what to do or a puppet of your family or, or a puppet of your family or your, that maybe your family has or, or your relationship or your friendships right. you do you, you do you boo boo you do you, you do boo-boo. you that's the last pillar do <laughs> you boo-boo. i think these pillars are very married to the eight areas of self-care so the eight areas of self-care are very tangible, mindful ways that you can take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, when you give pillars, it kind of gives you this like broad theoretical framework that sometimes people are like, well, I don't know what mental health means and I can't mm-hmm. really wrap mm-hmm. my hand around it. So this eight areas of self-care is how you can work towards having very solid pillars. Yes. Right? Yes. So they're, they're going to sound repetitive, but they're like, like I said, they're married to each other. Like one really helps you be the steps to the other Uh, physical self-care so this could be um running doing uh sleep actually is included in that sex is included in that um really having that um nutrition piece physical touch it could be uh sleeping the entire night yeah like, if you need to just be on your phone for a good hour after work playing, I don't know, Candy Crush. <laughs> In the era of hustling and having, like, three side jobs and go, 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 resting is huge. Having that idle time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> or your body just, like, literally on the couch, just mm-hmm. with your feet up. Yeah. Um, psychological self-care, which is, again, that intentional work of learning new skills, applying new skills, engaging into mindfulness and creativity. If you have a ability to be artistic, embracing that and running with it. If you're really nerdy, maybe reading a book right. on the nerdy thing that you really want to do. Doing crossword puzzles, whatever that might be. It could be TED be. Talk, it could be podcast. <laughs> but however that psychological self-care looks for you that's what you're gonna do sometimes it's just like hanging out with your friend and like Mm -hmm. talking about hardcore theories there you go um emotional self-care uh this is emotional literacy and it sounds intense but emotional literacy is just learning more about your emotions Mm -hmm. so again reading a book um kind of getting information about that uh increasing empathy if you really need to kind of ground yourself, sometimes giving to others when you're in a really yucky place helps you mm-hmm. in that emotional self-care. Uh, managing d- stress effectively or uh, developing 
compassion for others or yourself. I talk a lot about grace. I, I keep mm -hmm. using the word grace. Yep. And that compass compassion piece for me is that grace. Like being able to say, you know what? I messed up. I'm not the best mom in the world. And I'm going to give myself some grace for that. Mm -hmm. So that emotional self-care can also add or be that. Right. There's social self-care, which involves having a supportive group of people that you can go to, whether it's that network and at work in a professional setting, the people, your friends, the people that you trust, um, that sense of belonging, finding your tribe, finding your community and sticking with it. It could be a soccer team that you go to. Mm -hmm. yeah. It could be a sorority or a fraternity or it could be you know, your family members, your cousins or your sisters that you hang out with. It's just right. feeling like you fit somewhere. Right. And that you have a go-to when you need help or when Facebook you just want to... Facebook groups are a motherfucker for that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. go into Facebook groups and look for a book club for the book and you're reading. And they literally have everything. If you're looking for a group specifically with, like, people struggling with narcissistic people in their life, there's a group for that. Yeah. <laughs> there really is a group for that. Yeah. And you can get into this, like talking back and forth on social media for hours on end not guilty of that and yes, you never know you might develop some actual long-term healthy relationships from right that. some connections financial self-care that's a big one for me um just living just being first generation college student like learning financial literacy was a motherfucker for me mm -hmm. um and being able to sit down and make your checklist of everything that you have to pay budget figure out how much money you have to spend putting some money on savings, whatever oh, okay. that might look, mm -hmm. handling your credit. Uh, money is a big part. And it doesn't have to necessarily have to do with like how much you're worth. It's more about handling a piece that can bring peace. Right. Piece that can bring peace. Yes. A piece of your life that can bring peace to your life, your life, your <laughs> stress, right? Like, oh my God, I have to pay this bill. Right. Well, if you budget accordingly, maybe you're going to be able to spend two dollars on an ice cream mm -hmm. rather yeah. than spend 50 and then be stressed mm -hmm. about it again it goes back to that how you choose to look at things you can either be resentful that you don't make enough money whatever that might mean or you embrace that hey this is how much i make let me sit down and figure out how i'm gonna make the best of it right mm -hmm. your attitude towards coming at this dynamic or situation um, there is spiritual self-care, which, again, involves, involves your beliefs, your values, whatever your family told you. We were talking about the native Eastern culture. That's what that means, right? Embracing the rebirth, reincarnation, death, suffering as part of human life. And whatever ultimate thing this is, that enlightenment nirvana mm -hmm. stage how do you get there doing if your best towards that if you're um atheist there's also a spiritual piece to it because right, i think yeah. a lot of people think spiritual means religion it doesn't yeah you can be an atheist and still found find a way to be spiritual connected to whatever is going on around you there's a lot of people who are atheists who feel that i have a say in my life and i i don't really need to rely on this upper power mm -hmm. i just do what I do and that's life. Mm -hmm. If that's your approach, there's a spiritual piece to it. Right. Because you are intentional about mm -hmm. the decision making that you make every yeah. day and being able to ground yourself to make the right decisions every day is a spiritual mm -hmm. thing that you it, have to go it through. It goes back to your values and beliefs. Right. You believe that it comes from within yourself, then that's what you're going to embrace. The word spiritual doesn't mean it has to be religious focus. Right. 
but whatever you believe in. There's an environmental self-care. Um, environmental, it could mean really needy, like, uh, not needy. Why did I say needy? I mean, like, tidy, like, very clean, everything in its place. Tanya's really good at that. <laughs> yep. Like, everything goes where it needs to go, and it looks super clean and sparkly. For me, um, having an environmental self-care means having, like, a specific smell in my house that's super important to me, like... A specific type of smell has to be in my house. If I walk into my room and there's like vanilla smell, I'm going to freak out. Like I, oh, I need I hate a, it. I don't like it. But there's people that love it. But having that, um, for me, it's, it's the smell, it's the colors, it's having like windows yeah. open and the sunlight coming in. Plants inside my house is a big one. So it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be tidy and perfect. It just has to be... Things that make you ground yourself when you're inside of this environment. Right. Yeah. And then the last one is professional self-care, which involves sharing your strengths, your gifts, your qualities with people. Again, that purpose that we were talking about, figuring out like, hey, if I'm really good at playing piano, maybe I can mentor some kids or go to the nursing home and play piano for old people that are dying. Um, it comes with also setting boundaries in that professional setting. If your supervisor is like, hey, I'm gonna need you to do this and you know that that's gonna burn you out, being able to say no, being able to set those boundaries or communicate and, and being that pipe cleaner and say like, hey, like, yes, but this is where I'm at and how can you support me and not be that band-aid that we were talking about. Right. Right, and it, and it could easily be like keeping track of everything that you have to do at work and mm -hmm. just getting those tasks done. Right. They provide that sort of like professional self-care. Mm -hmm. So how can you, we talked about the, the areas that you can increase, we talked about the pillars. How can I be intentional about increasing my happiness? I think it has to start with defining what happiness means to you. Because we've been sitting here talking about differences between cultures and Eastern and Western and Native and chemical imbalances, imbalances in the brain and neurons and dose and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it comes down to you listening to this. What does happiness mean to you personally? Not what society's telling you, not what they show on Netflix, on their shows or... E or what's the other one? Bravo and their reality housewives of forever. <laughs> right. It's part of my self care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't but define where does it come from for you? What does it mean to you to be happy? Right. I think um, when you have to do a lot of insight, by insight I mean like looking at yourself and identifying mm -hmm. what's within you, there's a lot of like space for crit critique. Like, we're Criticism. wired to criticize ourselves. Right. Um, and that could be a really positive thing. Hear me out. If you're able to criticize what your flaws are, then you're able to criticize what cups need more filling. Mm -hmm. And so in the eight ways that we were talking about, I call them my cups. I, I use the analogy of these eight ways of self-care. They're my eight ways of managing my pillars. Mm -hmm. And so I keep these, imagine these solo cups that you're going to use for... For beer pong. Beer pong, yes. <laughs> and I keep like filling up these cups and I have like a water bottle and I somehow have to fill up all eight cups with this one water bottle because that's my 28, 24 hours of my day. Mm -hmm. And I have to figure out how to spend some time during my day to fill out all of these eight cups. If I'm able to fill them up, 
not fill them up, but at least like spend my pour time on it, pour a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then yeah. within like three months, I'm able to pour the entire red solo cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I am intentional about filling up these cups every day, then it's easier for me to see my happiness. It's mm-hmm. easier for me to get to a place where I feel fulfilled. Right. But it has to be an intentional decision every day. And there are some days that I'm only able to fill up three. And then the next day I fill up five. Life. Yeah. And the next day I fill up three. But it has to be a conscious effort of me constantly pouring some of my water bottle, my 24-hour water bottle into them every day. Mm-hmm. So that by the end of the month, I look at it and I'm like, oh, you know what? I didn't fill up that spiritual as much as I should have. I'm going to focus on that next time. And you constantly have to be mm-hmm. filling it up because yeah. you constantly keep pouring it out too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you cannot keep them filled ever. You, you're you constantly like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to work out right. at all today. And your solo cup just kind of like went down a little bit. Oh, it's like oh, on oh. empty. Or you keep praying and praying and praying, but you're not pouring it into your spiritual. And you're just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Mm-hmm. But you're not fulfilling it. And you're just like taking from it. Right. Or your friendships or your professional, whatever. But I like mm-hmm. that analogy. Like I good? constantly have to be very critical just being completely honest, mm-hmm. looking at myself and what am I pouring on an everyday basis or what mm-hmm. am I pouring on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and going from there. Yeah. I like to, I, I talk to my clients about how like, I don't know if all of you listening to this probably drive. So you get the analogy of the engine light coming on in your car and that lets you know that something is wrong. So when we start feeling not happy or off or funky or yucky, that's the engine line coming off. Pay attention. So go back and look at those cups and see which one is the one with the problem, right? Like just like in your car, you would check the oil, you would check the tire. I mean, now we have a manual that tells you literally what that light means, but back in the day, you didn't. So the light comes on and you have to literally go step by step to figure out what the problem is, right? So, and even with an engine light, so you go through like all the cups. When you start noticing yourself that you're not performing you're not feeling happy you're not feeling fulfilled you find yourself getting grumpy and yucky that that's the light coming on on your check engine so go back and check those cups that you're talking about and see which ones need needs to be a little more pouring that you need which to one do. you need to pour on mm-hmm. yeah and yes. i think a big piece for increasing your happiness is accepting that you deserve to be happy which is pretty basic but we've talked about toxicity and family chaos and trauma and how that affects the way we perceive ourselves and the things that we feel we deserve. If you don't feel that like you deserve to be happy, guess what? I think earlier you said something about like, oh, having a happy childhood is a luxury. And I said, no, 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 that's a basic need. Right. I think that same the- theory or theology like mm-hmm. applies to an adult. Mm-hmm. You being happy is a basic need. Yeah, it is. It's a basic motherfucking need, y'all. Yep, and it's easy to put it on the back seat because now you're a mom or, oh, why? Like, I, I don't have time for that. I can't. You experience loss. Mm-hmm, yeah. You had a very life-changing experience that put you to, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my God, do I really deserve to live? Yeah. You know, or anything that kind of, like, pushes that. But really, like, accepting the fact, like, you know what? Being happy is a basic need. If you yeah. don't get that dose... I'm telling you guys, you will die Mm -hmm. either by suicide or by living such a hardcore life that it's going to put you in danger. 
-hmm. Like, oh, I don't deserve to die, so I'm just gonna have this adrenaline-filled life where I'm, like, putting myself... (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm putting myself in danger at all times. I don't deserve happiness. You need that dose to be able to motivate Mm -hmm. yourself to continue to move forward. If you don't feel like you deserve to be happy, you're gonna continue to engage in very high-risk things. Mm -hmm. You won't care for your life. Yeah. Because you don't don't see value on yourself. Um, With that, also, that awareness and radical acceptance that we were saying with the eastern culture accepting that suffering is part of life and once you accept that it changes things like you're supposed to be living this very painful situation to learn something from it i'd like to stay away from that because uh, one of those things like it's not nobody should ever suffer their kid dying or something very tragic right so what's the purpose on me having cancer right like really like is there a purpose like i think that comes with it's a very like risky territory now full disclosure i went through something in my life that i'll eventually share on the podcast here um but it was hard and it was challenging and i think at the beginning i did a lot of why me why is this happening to me? Why me? Why? And I really, really, I was really hard on myself looking at how did I contribute to this presenting problem, right? Like, what did I do wrong? And I was replaying this tape in my head. I shouldn't have done this. Had I done this, things would have been different. And a lot of why me? Why me? Why me? Until one day, it just hit me. I, I don't know if I read something, I saw something, I heard something, but I don't know. One day, I don't know where, like, it just hit me. I don't know if it was an answer to my prayers, but it was like, why not me? So looking at things from, looking at my experience now from that lens of why not me? Like, why not you, Tanya? What makes you more special than any other people that go through this? What do you mean why you? You mean you don't deserve it, but this other woman does? right like that to me in that moment i was like oh shit like i'm being selfish yeah like i'm being self-centered that i'm this is like oh person that doesn't deserve any suffering or any pain in her life because how dare you god or how dare you higher power because i've done the best to be a decent human being and why are you punishing me well no it's not a punishment and it's not like why me what what makes me special and what makes me think or what makes you think listening to this that you are not deserving of a little bit of suffering in your life or big suffering of your life yeah because for me in my suffering and and i know it's hard to say like what are you learning from it it's like very it's a very shitty up. approach like yeah. really that's fucked up but you tell me what can you learn from being raped Going or through being this. abused right yeah. like no i can't learn shit fuck you yeah but for me in my story in my suffering me having a theological approach and i don't know if you guys have noticed in this podcast but i'm a very like deep thinker i like to think of things in like a theoretical way or an education way Mm -hmm. so life teaching me something is my way of healing myself Mm -hmm. there is a purpose to what is happening even though Mm -hmm. it's a really shitty happening I I was reading a book about a mom that lost her baby to cancer. Ugh. Um, And she said something very powerful that, again, it was one of those, like, moments for me, too. 
um, because it was like, but I loved him so much. Well, what are you going to do with all that love now? Mm-hmm. Again, perspective shifting mm-hmm. into, but I love him and poor me. Well, now you have all this love. Look at you. What are you going to do with it? You can change the world. You can go give it to people and kids that don't have it and or people within your family or even yourself. Pour that back into your cup, right? Mm-hmm. But the I don't know. When I read that, to me, it was also very like ah, impactful. Ah, like, oh, shit. Yeah, it like, hurts. Yeah, like, or perspective. Like, I can cry here about losing someone that I love or I can look at like, well, shit. Now I'm be, left with all this love and what am I going to do with it? I can be a victim or I can be a survivor. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a survivor, what can I contribute to my community? Again, going back to that native thinking, right? That's a big part of my culture. Mm -hmm. So like me bringing that a big piece for me and my survival story, which we're also going to have a podcast for that. (laughs) There's a cast for that. Um, We are going to, when we talk about this, we're going to talk about my journey. And in that healing process, I used my lesson to go back into the community and teaching my community Mm. how to notice these red flags Mm. and how to prevent that from happening. And it was such a powerful thing for me to do. Right. I I literally had classes around my experience with teenagers and, and young adults. Mm. And it really helped my healing process. It's, it is. And, yeah. and, and I'm not talking about like, oh, there's a reason why you got raped. Blech, that's disgusting. Whenever a person says something like that, that's super insensitive. And please do not use it if you're trying to be helpful for someone. Yeah, I think sometimes it can come from a good place, but it, it's kind of crappy. Yes. Tell somebody. So for me, I like to say my suffering taught me something. Mm. It, the, the hardcore bitch that I am today... Is because of the suffering that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have, if I wouldn't have gone through that suffering, I would be this naive little girl that everybody would be taking care of, and my child would probably not be here at this point. Mm-hmm. Something tragic would have happened because I'm so bad at boundaries. Right. But all of my suffering had to happen in order for me to turn into the badass bitch that I am right now. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I mean by learning the purpose from it, of it or the purpose of it. Right. Right. And so we just have to be cautious when we use that terminology because it can be very insensitive Mm -hmm. and when we like talk about it it's very important that you're like owning it rather than like reflecting it on somebody well tanya what did you learn from that Mm -hmm. like fuck you who are you my teacher (laughs) like yeah no thanks i i don't want the lesson i want the opposite right what i mean like (laughs) it's it it can be pretty like touchy to to bring at it to that However, understanding that concept is huge with that perspective that we were talking about. Those mm-hmm. goggles that I've talked about that we wear based on our experiences and whatnot can really change when you shift that into why me to why not me. Why not me? Well, shit. I'm not the only one that's going through this mm-hmm. shit. So how can I support the ones that are? Yeah. Or, the one, or prevent the ones that I will be. Mm-hmm. Or support the ones that go through that. Mm-hmm. So increasing your happiness is a big chunk that the piece of having that positive attitude, that positive approach and open-minded approach to life and the ups and downs that come with it. It's huge to acknowledge that. That resiliency is gigantic. It's huge. Yeah. Also, like we said with the cups, make paying attention to who are you surrounding yourself with. Readjusting, reshifting your energy, your focus, your attention to if the people that are around you are just like sucking the life out of you, 
You might want to change that. I think we talked about that in our initial episode or something about like me being picky about my friends. Yeah, I think so. That is the reason why. Because mm-hmm. my cup needs to get filled. Yeah. In that social Not aspect. Not all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I constantly surround myself with people that are able to. I hang out with them and I leave and I'm like, oh, that felt good. Oh. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. yeah, like I hang out with my, I, I leave the house with you and I'm like, man, I really need to hang out with that bitch. I miss her ass. <laughs> like, I, dude, I, you don't understand how much I miss my best friend's hugs right now. Like, it's intense because I, I can see that person and hug her and I'm, I'm happy. Get your dose. Get my dose. Yeah. And so it's important that you're able to surround yourself with these people. Call the person up and be like, bitch, this and this and this happened. And you just get your dose mm-hmm. from that call or the FaceTime. So for sure, man, it's super important. Like yeah. the, the, the system, the support system that you're you're counting yourself in. Mm-hmm. So we have a challenge. Yes. For all of our six <laughs> listeners out there. Um, with us getting into this happiness piece. And dropping that bonus episode eventually. Um, We really want to get people um, thinking outside of the box. Again, our purpose in this podcast is to talk about uncomfortable topics, but also like provide that support, that information piece, that awareness. Right. And the counter of like, yes, that's a problem, but how do we go about fixing, not fixing it, but what are some potential helpful ways, helpful tips, solutions, whatever. Right. Just like when we talked about red flags and then we give you the, this is how you can, this is, but this is how you do a healthy one. (laughs) Right. So with the happiness episode, we wanted to do a quote unquote challenge. Right. Um, It would be really cool if you're very committed and you want to do like a five day or 10 day challenge and you like hashtag us on every single one of your challenge things. Like that would be amazing. It would would fill my my cup. For sure. 100% egoistic right now and just trying to fulfill my own purpose. Very self-centered, pour into my cup, please. (laughs) Absolutely. But But, yeah, one of the biggest things that, I don't know if we mentioned it even, but great being grateful thankful gratefulness is a big correlation to being happy and feeling fulfilled yeah because when you remind your brain of the awesome things you have it automatically creates a little hint of those right when you count your blessings yeah Mm -hmm. and if you're atheist when you count your positive things I, I, i use the verbiage that best suits you yeah but understanding like okay and this is the thing I dislike with a passion, because I don't like to use the word hate. Mm-hmm. I dislike with the passion the whole, I'm blessed that I have a home. I'm blessed that I can have a meal. Guys, I, I know that there are people out there that are living in extreme per- poverty. And being grateful for these things uh, is a huge piece. And I, and I am grateful for it. I, I pray about it every day. But I want to challenge you further than that. Mm. I want to challenge you to a deeper level. Having a home and having a meal are basic needs. Everybody should have a home and a basic in a meal. Everybody should have a family. Period. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about specifics. I am grateful that I have a best friend in Kentucky that I can talk to every day and I can say, "Bitch, this is going hard," and she can be supportive and unconditionally loving and be there for me no matter what. That's next level shit. Yeah. I'm not talking about the basic needs. I'm talking about something that not everybody has. Mm. I'm grateful that I have a friend that has been my friend for 
seven plus years and called me and said, bitch, I'm ready to do a podcast and trusted me with it. And it's sitting right here. Big mistake. but <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> And, and I'm we're gonna post an opening one. for season two if you're interested in being a co-host. <laughs> Whatever, hit me up at the elephant on the couch, <laughs> at the elephant on the couch I'll at gmail.com. <laughs> See how she is about taking compliments? This happens every time. I'm like, dude, you look pretty. Talk shit. But going really quick before I move into the challenge, I did watch a. I think it was a TED talk or something about what you said about me having a hard time accepting compliments that's a huge thing in happiness too. Being able to accept that when people say like, hey, your hair looks really nice. Why do we always feel the need to like, oh, really? I didn't even wash it today. Like, just say like, thank, thank you. you. And yeah. that feels good. It's like, thank you. And that's going to increase your happiness. So maybe that's something that you can work on too if you're listening. <laughs> you mean that you need to I work know, on I it? I will work on it and accepting compliments because I do tend to be like, ah, I get a little like, eh. but I'd be like, you know what? Thank you. You're, you're right. welcome. You're welcome. You're it's right. amazing I'm that an, you trust I'm, me into this podcast I'm and an you're an not amazing. opening my position for next season. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Still stay tuned. <laughs> Things can change at any given moment. Just stay tuned. Um, but I will work on that, on being just accepting. Accepting. accepting and say, like, oh, people you know say what? something, I'll be like, yes. Season two, when I check in, I'm going to give you a compliment. Okay. But let's go back to our challenge. We do want to... Again, end this season by giving you guys a little dose of happiness and something to do in your own life. So I do want to challenge, we do want to challenge you guys to think about who is going back to gratefulness and how that fulfills your cup to be happy. Who is the most or one of the most influential people in your life? If you were to close your eyes, eyes right now and think of someone that has made a difference in your life big or small who would that be like who's that one person that comes to your mind immediately that has had an impact in your life then ask yourself why how is this person how has this person impacted you how has this person added to your life refilled your cups however you want to look at it so here's the challenge. We want to challenge you to reach out to that person, whether that's through a text message, through a phone call, a letter, anything, posting on social media about them, giving a little shout out, whatever that might look like for you, but send them a message and let them know that they made a difference in your life, right? Like if you were good to write a letter Let's say if your person is your brother and you say, my brother is one of the most influential person because he blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. And then you call them or you text them with that. Just imagine, (laughs) just imagine what that's going to do to that person. We're talking right right now about accepting compliments, right? Imagine how that might feel like to receive that and what that's going to do for you too. And you can list it in your grateful challenge in your social media. Today, I'm grateful for x y and z mm-hmm. because yeah. of doing x y and z and i called them yesterday mm-hmm. and we had a great talk about it yeah yeah i i think and the world needs it right now honestly I, yes <laughs> like a mofo mm-hmm. but i think spreading that love sprinkling that kindness really 
gets that dose, a little hint of dose. Um, I mean, when you're having a tough time, you, you call people and the people don't have the answer for you. The people literally say, I don't know what the future is going to look like, but bitch, I'm here mm -hmm. and I love you. Yeah. And they look at you and they give you a hug or mm -hmm. a handshake in case you're weird about hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's really what creates a dopamine that that creates that dose for you, that mm -hmm. connection. The I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but you're here with me. Right, and yeah. that grateful piece really, really helps your brain to get that ball rolling as far as what does it mean to be positive? What does it mean to move forward? Yeah. I mean, oftentimes, again, in our very rushed culture and society, we wait until people are gone to think about like, oh, I should have. And I wish, I wish. Like part of that grieving process is like, oh my God, I wish I could have one more day to tell them how much I would love you, how much they meant to me. Well, this is your chance. Don't wait till people are gone. That's a little too late. Attend their parties, Tanya. Hey, Loki, you're totally just killing that other compliment you gave me earlier. I know, I'm just kidding. So going back to that opening for the podcast, send me your resume, <laughs> send a little clip with your voice, <laughs> your picture, your social media handle. Just kidding. Yeah, guys, just being grateful of those right. things. But that challenge is not a joke, though. We really want to encourage you to, again, being intentional and being mindful about taking advantage when you have people here in your life right here right now you don't have to wait until it's their birthday or mother's right. day or father's day or whatever day it is to shout out them like you mm -hmm. can literally just post a picture on social media and say hey this person's yeah. important to me because of x y and c that's you filling some of those cups that physical that uh i mean not physical but the social the Uh, support system cup by doing this you're refilling that for that pillar it's gonna increase your I, i promise you you're gonna feel better by doing this the person that receives this text or phone call you might make them cry you might make their day who knows maybe they're having a shitty day and hearing from you is gonna just make so their day please so please better. please hashtag grateful challenge hashtag the elephant on the couch together hashtag sprinkle some kindness sprinkle the motherfucking kindness people <laughs> and uh just post it get it all together and hopefully we can start a ball rolling of happiness going around in this world yeah. that really needs it right now god knows we need it so thanks everyone for listening today and listening for the past 12 weeks already my first trimester we got through it successfully semi <laughs> it is successful yeah the ups and downs are part of the success we just talked about embracing the darkness and the yucky and we god knows we <laughs> we got a couple of grinch worthy yes so stay tuned people we are taking a little bit of a break be in the lookout through our social bonus media. episode coming up please 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 follow it's us probably on not gonna media. happen on a friday so keep a lookout pretty random follow us on social media so that you can keep up with that review share let your friends know to come and listen to this great episode about how to be happy yeah yeah hopefully we can get some of you guys motivated and inspired yes. and then we see some awesome intentional changes yes so we will talk to you guys in a month or so next time yep bye thank you bye bye thank you for listening we hope this was the start of the conversation for you And know that you're not alone in whatever journey you're walking. 
We know these discussions might bring up some challenging emotions or thoughts. So please remember that although this is a safe space to start your healing process, it is not meant as a replacement for therapy. So please reach out and seek professional help. You're not alone. Don't be scared to sit with your elephant on the couch. Until next time.